Hey guys, man, that was so good to sing that song, It Is Well With My Soul. Um, if you get a chance, look up the history of like where that song came from um, and to know the circumstances out of which this guy was able to pin the words, It Is Well With My Soul, is like astonishing. In fact, I would say it's miraculous. I would say nobody in their human flesh could pin those words. Like, it has to be of the Spirit to have that kind of strength um, in, in that kind of circumstance. So definitely look up the history behind that. Um, it's just a beautiful hymn, and these hymns have so much good theology there. Um, but hey, tonight we have an awesome privilege to get to listen to a, a, a new speaker here. Um, actually, no, this is not your first time speaking here. Actually, she shared her testimony over the summer, um, a little bit of it, and it was just really, really powerful uh, to get to hear a little bit of her story. And I'm so excited to get to, um, gosh, hear what God's put on your heart today. So Dana is at school to to go into ministry at Point Loma, Na Point Loma Nazarene University. It's the coolest campus in America. Um, but anyway, so totally jealous I didn't get to go to that school, but whatevs. Um, but anyway, it's so cool to see that she's pursuing ministry, that God's equipping her um, for ministry. And um, I think it's so cool that we get the privilege of, of getting to hear what God has put on her heart this evening. So help me give a huge um, welcome to Dana. Hello. Hello. I won't sing the whole time. Okay. Hi, everyone. Would you pray with me for a minute? Dear Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for this space. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your presence. Father, would your words be spoken here tonight would your holy spirit move in your perfect way and we thank you for your love we thank you that you are here and that you never leave us in jesus name we pray amen hello everyone it's cool to be back here um i'm really bummed that i didn't get to come to your christmas party last week i saw it on instagram and it looked like you guys were having a really good time um there was a lot of Olive Garden I saw. I, on the other hand, was throwing up everywhere. So that was fun. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Um, you ever seen like the beginning of Pitch Perfect when I just, yep, that was me, unfortunately. Um. <laughs> so yeah, my mom and I got this weird like stomach flu, bug, whatever. We were fine by Christmas. We were good. Um, we got to have Christmas dinner with my family, which was really sweet. During that time, I watched a lot of Hallmark movies. I don't know if anyone else likes Hallmark movies. I love Hallmark movies. Any Hallmark movie fans in the house? Okay, all the girls in here and Kane. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I watched a lot of Hallmark movies. I love them. They're so bad. They're so bad, but they're so good. Something I've learned that is more controversial than Hallmark movies is Elf. I love Elf. Elf is my favorite Christmas movie of all time. I have met so many people who do not like Elf. I ha literally have no idea. Do you not like Elf? I s don't understand. I think you have to leave because this is going to be about Elf. So, yeah, let's talk about Elf for a second. 
Elf is amazing. This man's, I've never noticed this before. I watched this the last time. This dude literally walks from the North Pole to New York City and, like, is not even out of breath. Like, there's a scene of him walking across a mountain, like, full Mount Everest, where's his water bottle? Doesn't have one. It's Will Ferrell. Doesn't need a water bottle. He's invincible. Not even out of breath. Gets to New York. Totally fine. Did he eat a snack? I don't know. It's, it's Elf. He's amazing. This dude has dedication. He's really excited to see his dad. I can understand. He's looking. Okay, this. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Elf. Elf doesn't really feel like a human. Doesn't really feel like a man. He's Elf. Doesn't have a lot of belonging. He's trying to find his dad because he thinks he can, you know, have some belonging there. So he's trying to find his dad. He's searching for his dad. And I like Elf because I can relate to Buddy. You know, I can relate to searching for something. As silly as it sounds, like, I've put a lot of my time and energy, and I can stand back and see myself putting a lot of my time and energy into, like, studying, applying for grad school, working, like, even going on a stupid fun trip with my friends. Like, these things are good. Don't get me wrong. These are blessings, that these are these are good things that we should enjoy, but... Sometimes I find that I'm searching for something, that I'm searching for some satisfaction. It's no wonder Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And sometimes I feel as though my treasure is moving around, and I need to be reminded that as Christians, we have, we have a different path. We follow Jesus, and so if our treasure is moving, sometimes we need to think about that. But, you know, we have something unique we, we know a little bit differently than, than Buddy the Elf, and this is because we just spent the past month preparing for it. What was it? It was Christmas. We just spent the past month in Advent and learning about the Word becoming flesh as the person of Jesus Christ, making intimacy and relationship with God possible, washing our sins in His blood, and yet sometimes... Many of us might, and myself included, really, we could walk around, we can go to Christmas services and hear these words and yet maybe not know the full extent of what it means. Sure, Christmas has come and passed. The presents have been opened. We all are making plans for next year. We're all in this weird in-between time of, you know, getting really excited for the new year and New Year's plans and all these things, and yet... What did we learn from Christmas? What did Christmas teach us that we can hold on to and bring with us for the rest of the year, for the rest of the days to come? Because the things that we learn at Christmas are not just for Christmas. They, they have truth. They impact our whole lives, every moment of our lives. This word, Emmanuel, God with us. This is something that I've been focusing on a little bit recently. It's something that has stood out to me, and we hear this a lot in Christmas, in Christmas services, right? You've heard this a lot, Emmanuel, God with us. That's the Christmas theme. And sometimes many of us can walk around and hear Emmanuel and maybe not know the full impact of what that really means because that changes everything. If God is with us, 
that changes everything. And there's so much abundance. There's so much more fullness. There's so much more goodness if we really, really understand what it means for God to be with us. And so I want to talk about that. I want to talk about what we can hold, what we can take with us every moment in our desires and our hopes and our dreams and the things that we're searching for that feel really far. This past year, this past season, God with us has looked a little bit differently to me than I would have thought, than I would have expected, than maybe I would have explain to somebody if they were to ask me what it looks like for God to be with you. I, I would say something a little different. This past year, I had a lot of ups and downs with my mental health. I even had to come home for a little bit and figure some things out, And which, by the way, do what you need to do with your mental health. Your mental health is important, okay? Yeah, get it done. That's it. Um, yeah, so I was struggling. I remember distinctly, I'm a TA for my professor, and so I was had like 90 papers to grade, and I was, remember it was summer, and I was sitting on my bed trying to grade this paper, and just couldn't get through it. It was just so anxious, and I remember just sitting there and crying and telling God, or perhaps God telling me, I just said, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this not going to be like this forever. We're going to get through this. And just feeling the peace of God as I sat there and cried and continued to struggle with the task in front of me, when I cried out to God, nothing changed. I was sitting there and I was crying and I was struggling in my anxiety, but nothing changed. And it reminds me of Jesus on the cross when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he felt like God wasn't there. And he felt like he couldn't see God. But we know that God did not forsake Jesus. We know he didn't forsake Jesus on the cross. And so we know that we can cry out too. And that God's not going to forsake us. That even when it feels like God's not there, even in the middle of your suffering, God is close. God is near. It didn't change anything when I sat there. But yet it changed everything. Because God with you changes everything. That deep reliance and that intimacy with God I can't quite explain, I can't quite tell you if I've had anything like that before. If I've ever really experienced God with me like that before. That deep dependence and reliance. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt this like true dependence and just being like, God is the only one I can hang on to. And even, even in my tone in saying that, it feels like it can somehow be some sort of negative thing. Like, this is like, oh, my gosh, you only have God to hang on to? Like, mm, tough. Um, this is the will of God. This is communion with God. To be able to be honest, I would sit there. I didn't have the energy to do anything. I could sit there and be like, God, 
need you to help me stand up and go brush my teeth. Okay, you know the, you know when Jesus in Matthew 6 talks about don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The Lord was talking to me about this, and he was saying, and I was trying to live this as like, each day, each thing we take at a time. So he's saying, tomorrow will come, deal with today as today. My today, for a little bit, was like each thing, like I needed to like sit up, and like that was, that was today. And then we're like on to the next thing. And it was like little steps. Like, I needed to go to this class. Like, I just needed to get through it. And, like, and then the next class, we'll worry about the next class. And we just went like that. And that, that reliance, that intimacy with God, that is, that, is, that is God's desire. And yet, still, when we feel like we can only rely on God, he gives us community like, I cannot tell you the amount of times that I saw the reflection of God in the faces of those who sat with me, who ate with me, who were friends to me, who supported me. You have to, you have to know this. The image you bear is so crucial. Each of you bear the image of God, and you can show the presence of God to those in community, to those in, this is a community that God has provided. The church is community. The church is a call to relationship. It's precious to him to be able to struggle and heal and pray in the context of community. He doesn't leave you alone. And this is the intimacy that Jesus came to give. This is the relationship that he gave us. In Colossians, it says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to recon reconcile him to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Do you see that? that God reconciled to himself all things through the blood of Jesus. That we now have relationship with the Father because of the blood of Jesus. This is Christmas. This is the God that we celebrate at Christmas. This is Emmanuel, that the word, God, would become flesh and dwell among us, and I am wholeheartedly convinced still dwells among us, still is with us, this is not only a Christmas thing. This is every day. This is every moment. This is in your deepest honesty, your deepest struggles, your deepest hopes and your desires. So early last week when I was sick, um, my boyfriend was home with me. He flew here, which was really nice for him, right? Welcome to Colorado. Everyone's vomiting. Um, it was unfortunate. <laughs> so we were, we were exchanging gifts and he got me this necklace that says Acts 1727. And I want to read it for you. This is in, um, this is when Paul is in the middle of Athens and he sees all of these idols and he starts talking to the people of Athens. 
And this is what he says. He says, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. And this is the next verse is the one he got me. It says, God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. I'm going to say it again. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us, that God is not far from any one of us, that he's here, he's in this place, whether you can feel him or not. And I pray that you would in those times when it's hard, like when I was sitting there and I felt just like the hug of God, you know, sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes, like Jesus, you, you cry out and you maybe don't feel God, but I need you to know that he was, he's there. And he's in everything. He's in your relationships. He's in your situations. He's in the bitter relationships. He's in the people you don't talk to anymore. He's in the ones that are broken. I, I know how that feels. He's in broken family relationships. He's in broken friendships. He's in hurt and pain and abuse. He's in that sin that you have in front of you that feels like it's holding you back. This journey, this redemption arc is a redemption arc. So when I sat there and I said, we're going to get through this, we're going to figure this out, I feel like today I'm still figuring it out. Like I feel a lot better, praise the Lord. But I feel like we're still figuring it out because this process of healing and restoration, which is the Lord's will, is always a process. So if you feel like you haven't seen the completion yet, it's still a process, but I want you to know that it's a process that God is in. If you let him, if you open the door when he knocks, that He's he can be in every single part of it. And God's will is for restoration. It's for redemption. This is who he is. I think, sometimes I think about Jesus and I think, why would you want to be anywhere in this situation? Like, there are broken parts of me that I think, this is just icky. Like, why would you want anywhere near this? Like, this is really, I feel undeserving. You know those thoughts. We all have those thoughts. And yet I think back to the Son of God who was born in a dirty manger, in the middle of filth, in the middle of humanity, the one who looked at the man with marks of leprosy all over his body, and he said, I'm willing. He said, I'm willing. Be clean. That this is, this is the will of God. That he's working for restoration always. You know, I, th- I used to think that restoration and redemption and reconciliation was different 
than I do now. God's grace is really big, and it shifts my understanding of restoration. I used to think that reconciliation was everyone gets back together, everyone's really happy and healthy, and there's rainbows and butterflies, and everything's good, and everyone's happy, and nobody got hurt ever, so stop complaining about it, um, and everything's fine. And I was talking to the Lord about what reconciliation is, and I believe he told me, I believe he said reconciliation is the presence of God. God's nature is always, always bringing newness, bringing new life, bringing beauty out of ashes. That's who he is. That's what he does. That's God's nature. God's very essence is love, and he's always bringing newness. This is the creator that breathed life into the dirt, and it became life. This is who he is. And so if he is present, if he is there, then there's always newness. Thanks be to God that God is with us because if God is with us and God is bringing newness in his very essence, then there's always restoration. There's always re reconciliation. There's always going to be newness in you. The things that you're struggling with, the sin that you just feel like you can't let go of, Jesus came. Jesus Jesus changes everything. And he wants to. This is his will. If we want it. This is the abundant life. This is the abundance, the fullness of life that we get to enter into when we really know what it means that God is with us. And I don't know. I mean, that's a really hard thing to figure out. That's a, that's a big thing. That's the nature of God, right? Like, how would we ever know God is with us? But he shows us in his, in his ways. He shows us. And so let's talk about Buddy the Elf again. Really sorry for everyone who hates Buddy the Elf. Um, I'm taking your name, so. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Buddy the Elf was searching for his dad. And he ended up finding so much more than his dad. It's a great ending of a movie. He found belonging because he was like an elf man, human. He found belonging. He found a family, another family. He found a wife and kids. So, okay, first of all, I'm not making the point that pursuing God will lead you to a wife and kids. I know this is young adults, so don't think I don't see you, okay? I Listen, I'm a young adult, okay? Um, this is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that when we seek God, when we put our treasure in the right place, when we search for God and find him because he's not far from any one of us, we end up living a life that is so much bigger, so much more abundant than we ever would have thought, than we ever would have known. He didn't think he was going to have, like, all these people. And this is what, this is what, Part of this is what God gives us. He gives us community. Like we talked about before, this is a call to relationship. The church is relationship. So you supporting one another and being there for one another and loving one another in the struggles, like that is a way that you can really be there and, and show the presence of God to one another. And 
I think it's beautiful because, like I said before, we reflect God's image, and God's, the God that we reflect is in loving relationship with God's self, like he is the triune God, like he's in relationship. And then we reflect relationship, and it's like we're reflecting God, and it's like, read Genesis, it's cool, we're doing it. Like, that's what, that's what community is. And it's cool because salvation is not, I used to think, salvation was just a ticket to heaven. And if you think that, I did too for a little bit. So we can talk about it. Um, Salvation, okay, the Latin word for salvation is salvar. And it means to save, to make whole. It means healing. So it means healing here on earth that we get to live a life of healing, that we don't just get to say, oh, I gave my life to Jesus and move on with my life. We're called to pursue peace, shalom on earth. We're called to live in loving relationship. Like, I don't know. I think we're all still trying to figure out what it means to be saved. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's got that figured out. But from what I can tell, It's living in a loving relationship with God and a loving relationship with others because God came to earth and gave us peace. This is our Prince of Peace. This is Emmanuel. This is who is with us. The word became flesh and dwelled among us. So I want to return to the end of Psalm 22. This is the psalm that Jesus quoted when he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is the same psalm. And at the end of it, it says this. It says, For God has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. I want you to hear that. I need to hear that, that God does not despise our suffering, and he listens to our cries. So cry out to him. We can all, that's really, it's really difficult, but we can cry out to him. We can be honest with him because he's standing there. He says, I've been standing here all day with my arms stretched out. This is the nature of God that he's standing here with his arms stretched out and he has listening ears and he wants, he came to earth to be close to us. This is what we can take with us. Don't be discouraged if you don't feel God, if you don't see God moving. Trust that he is there and he's working. And he is closer He's closer than you know. Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for this time. I thank you for every single person sitting here, Lord, who feels the seat beneath them. We are talking to you. Father, you care for us so much. Would we feel that? I pray, oh God, would we feel it? Would we have the courage to reach out to you and seek you and perhaps find you? Would you be with us? And I thank you that you always are. And in the times that we don't feel it, would you give us a hint? 
and we thank you for your love. In Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Give it up for Dana. Man, that was awesome.